I welcome you back to the Inez Says Pod. Appreciate you being here. I, I thought about this question last night. What is it like being a law enforcement officer today? And I've got to imagine that it's a difficult job that has become nearly impossible in the wake of the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis and all the subsequent incidents that we've had over the last several months in this country. And in recent days, we have seen two L.A. County police officers basically ambushed, shot at point-blank range. Thankfully, amazingly, both are recovering. The uh, suspect is still on the loose out there in L.A. And then the other night in Louisville, in the wake of the decision not to indict police officers after the shooting death of Breonna Taylor, two officers were shot during protests and riots in that city, suspect in custody, the officers again, again, amazingly recovering from that attack. And we all know what cops are going up against right now with, with the calls to defund police, with the any police Black Lives Matter movement across the nation. And then I read this quote this morning and I thought, OK, I got to call my man. But I, I read this quote this morning. Uh, and it's a quote by the, uh, a guy by the name of Mark Jones. Mark Jones, if you're not familiar with him, he is a, a black man. He is a longtime sportscaster for ESPN slash ABC. And Mark Jones recently tweeted this after saying that for his next assignment this weekend, which was the Army Cincinnati game, that he will decline police protection. Listen to this quote. Police never saved me, never helped me, never protected me, never taken a bullet for me, never kept me in a safe in a protest never stop the racist from taking my black lives matter flag off my house i could do without him he goes on to say saturday at my football game i'll tell the police officer on duty to protect me uh that he can just take the day off um so look mark jones has been with ESPN ABC since, I guess, 1990. And by the way, that's 30 years with ESPN. And to my knowledge, he's never been shot by a police officer because of the color of his skin. I digress. So I thought, okay, I want to talk to my guy. I want to talk to a law enforcement officer. And who better to chat with than my favorite All-American, two-time All-American running back at Massachusetts, ESPN college football analyst. And he is an Orlando police detective. But as of tomorrow not so much even though technically he's still on duty until november 1st today is his last official day on the job before retirement uh, on the force orlando police detective rini angolia kind enough to join the inez says podcast today and uh detective i know i'm not the first to tell you this but job well done my man what 20 plus years on the force here in orlando uh congratulations on your retirement man i i know it's probably bittersweet for you how you feeling today? Well, I'm sure the emotions are kind of stirring inside of you today, huh? Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Yeah, definitely. You know, driving in today, um, keying up on my police radio. It'd be the last time going into service. So, yeah, I was a little emotional. Um, but it's been a great run, a little over 20 years. And uh, But, yeah, I, it's like everything else. I, I told a lot of my coworkers, um, and it was much like when I played college football and uh, my cup and a half of coffee in the NFL – you don't necessarily miss the game. You miss the people. It's always about the people and uh, the great men and women in the Orlando Police Department and do a phenomenal job day in and day out. That's who you're going to miss. Um, but it's been a great career. Um, I love this job. It's a shame what's going on uh, in our country. And, and you see a lot of negativity, a, a lot of uh, things that get put out in the media where law enforcement gets kind of swept under that broad brush. And I, I tell people all the time, Every investigation that goes on in this country is individual and unique to itself. 
facts matter, details matter, and it's it's not good for our country when things happen and, and misinformation gets put out there and people run with it. And I think that's causing a, a lot of problems in, in our nation today. Sure. Uh, let me ask you this point blank. Um, was your retirement, Rini, uh, perhaps hastened in any way by what's going on in our country today and in our area in terms of how law enforcement is under attack right now? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, absolutely it was. Um, I had always kind of circled this time um, because obviously I'm eligible. And as you said, I'm a, I have another job. I'm an analyst with ESPN. So obviously COVID played a role because a, a lot of guys didn't get their contract contracts re-signed. I did. Um, and so once uh, my contract was re-signed and I knew I'd be calling football again this year, based on what's going on and just the climate of everything, I had a good discussion with my wife and she just looked at me and said, you, you know, it's it's time. It's the right time. So so it played a part. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, it, it played a part. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's sad. But, you know, onward and upward, next chapter. Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there are many police officers, law enforcement officers across the country Looking at what's going on, Rini, going, hey, you know, you can have it. There, there's no way I'm going to put up with this. There's no way that, you know, I mean, each and every day, you guys in a normal situation, you do wonder whether you're coming back home that evening. But now I would imagine that's exacerbated at least five times what you went through before well, when, when we were under, quote, unquote, normal circumstances. I agree with you. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a detective. So, you know, we're wearing a shirt and tie. And uh, but, you know, I have my gun and my badge and, you know, and during the normal course of my day out and about with coworkers, you know, we'll stop and get a cup of coffee, you know, stop and get lunch. And I never feared, I never felt strange going into a business. But now I just think because of the backlash, right, the negativity towards law enforcement, people are looking at you sideways. And then you see people, um, you know, you see these, these L.A. deputies getting ambushed. And it's just like, holy cow, you have to have your head on a swivel. And that, that's just not right, you know. Um, and so you think twice, like, oh, let, me look, let me just go to the drive-thru, you know. And uh and one, and that really started happening this last year, and that really made me start thinking. You know, someone that's been in this job so long. You, you know, there are people out there who are crying for a defunding of police across the nation. And again, I, I've always said, be careful what you wish for. Uh, I, I don't know if any sane individual who would want to defund any police. I was happy to hear Charles Barkley say last night on TNT, basically dismissing those cries as "quote crap." Uh, What what do you make of the whole, you know, idea of defunding the police? And and what do you make of Barkley's comments last night, Rini? No, I agree with Charles Barkley. Again, facts matter. And he I think he brought up the case, brought it up as well. It's every case is individual and unique to itself. You can't put them all under a broad brush. Um, You know, abolishing a police, it's ridiculous. And I think anybody uh, with a sane mind knows that. Now, police reform, that's a different conversation i am for police reform what is police reform it's training it's constant training it's what we do all the time anyway you're always evolving i don't care what profession you're in you can be a broadcast you can be a doctor you can be a lawyer um a dentist it doesn't matter construction worker police officer you're always reforming you're always getting better new techniques are out there new trainings out there so if you defund and you abolish um, let's just take defund. You want to defund. You want to take all this money away. Well, then it's counterproductive because then you're not getting that constant training, that updating uh, that you need to do. You know, so it's just and then just to ab- abolish altogether. That's just that's just ridiculous talk. Um, anyone says that. So I was glad Charles Barkley spoke up. I think Shaquille O'Neal did as well. I mean, Shaquille 
uh, is well-versed in law enforcement. He's been deputized uh, in a few agencies in Florida, and he knows he's gone through a lot of training. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, to abolish, it's just that, that it doesn't make sense and to be counterproductive and, and even defunding counterproductive. Again, you need more funding, if anything, to get the training. Um, and then the other thing that scares me, Scott, is – you see the negativity out there in the media on law enforcement. To me now, what you're going to do is you're going to uh, – good people that want to get into law enforcement, they're going to shy away. They're going to say, I don't want to do this. I don't care what profession you're in. You need to hire good people. That's the first step. If you can't hire good people, then you're already behind the eight ball. So I, I, I'm really afraid that this backlash um, will keep good people away. And, and, you know, recruiting needs to get out there and find good people. And with the negativity out there, I'm just, you know, I'm afraid it's going to hurt this profession. Mm. You know, we talked about this before. There are bad apples everywhere in society, sure. even in law enforcement. But the good ones far outweigh the bad ones. Police departments are loaded with these professionals like you. Um, there are some bad apples who spoil it for the rest, though. Uh, how do you how do you kind of sort through the bad apples, if you will? And again, not many, but how do you sort through those people because they do spoil it for the rest? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So as you know, and what the listeners know, so I in my twenty year career, I did two and a half years in internal affairs. So I worked under chief staff. So I've investigated uh, officer involved shootings. I've uh, investigated officer misconduct or alleged misconduct. So I, I, I well versed into that. And I what I tell people all the time is. Um, you know, the, the a police officer that goes out there and does a criminal act, they need to be prosecuted to the fullest. Now, what I think what aggravates the public is it doesn't happen as quick as they would like because they always want to compare, well, the citizen gets arrested right away. Well, that's just the way the system works, unfortunately. It just takes time because officers are given um, the, uh, the benefit of the doubt. Um, but when it's found out that they've done a criminal act, they're going to get hammered is hard or harder. They should be hammered harder than anybody, okay? But I also tell people that there's good police officers, men and women working every day, that make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Now, you look at those mistakes, and if they need to be punished and suspended, then they need to be. Um, if they need to be fired, if the mistake is bad enough, then they need to be fired if they don't belong being a police officer. But if they can be uh, rectified and trained, then people need to understand that. Good people make mistakes. So there's a difference, I think, with officers that make an honest mistake and ones that, that break the law. Um, so we have to see, we have to understand that distinction. Um, but again, you investigate it accordingly um, and you get them out. I mean, you know, there's an adage, no one hates a, a bad cop more than a good cop. And it's, and it's true. And really the, the numbers, and, and you just said it, the numbers of good cops in this country far outweigh. It's not even close. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it really is 99.9% .9 do a great job each and every day. There is a small fraction that, um, that do it wrong and you need to weed them out. And, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? And they'll tell me their job. I'll say, you work with any jerks or you work with anyone that did anything wrong? I said, they say, yeah. I said, law enforcement is a microcosm of society. That's we're people too. Right. And I think people forget that. Um, but yeah. And I think internally, uh, you know, leadership matters. So at the top of agencies all over the country, um, you have to have good people in leadership and they have to be able to delegate down and have good in investigative bodies to find uh, if there's if there's cops doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, I talked about it before, I'll circle back, is recruiting, right? You want to start this process with hiring good people because if you're a good person, um, you can be trained and, and, and things will go the right way. So it's complex. No one's saying it's easy, but it's always evolving and uh, you're constantly moving forward. But yeah, obviously no one wants a bad cop 
it tarnishes the system, and you, you got to get them out of there. But again, distinction between someone that makes an honest mistake and someone that's doing something illegal, I think people need to understand that as well. You know, I, I think there are a lot of people out there who believe, you know, in, in the broadcast industry, there's a lot of pressure. And when that on-air light goes on, whether it's TV or radio, you have to perform under a pressurized situation. I can't imagine, Rainey, I can't imagine the pressure that law enforcement officers are under typically during a normal time, but especially right now. Uh, things happen so fast out there, Scott. I just you can't explain it, you know. And I, when I read comments like when when a shot when a, a police officer is shot uh, and and God forbid killed, and you hear comments say, "Well, that's what they signed up for." No, we didn't. No one signs up to get killed in their job. I, it doesn't matter what the job is. Now, every officer will will do their job. They'll take a bullet for citizens, um, but no one signed up to die. Okay, so that's just ridiculous when you hear talk like that. But Things happen fast, and uh, there was a great body cam. It just came out. I just saw it. Where an Atlanta police officer, an uh, uh, African American female, um, body cam. It just came out. It was last night, and she was uh, suspect had a weapon, and she's pleading with him. She's ordering him to drop the weapon, drop the weapon, and he just he wouldn't do it. And she she discharged her firearm, and she shot him. And she afterwards, when the scene was safe, she was crying. She was sobbing mm-hmm. in the body cam because no police officer wants to shoot anyone. No police officer wants to take anyone's life. But at the end of the day, you need to be safe. You need to go home. You know, if you have a wife, if you have kids, you have a husband, you need to go home to them at the end of the day. And, and for people to say, well, it doesn't matter. You got shot. You signed up for it. No, that's, that's not how it works. No. We, we signed up to serve and protect to the best of our ability. But at the end of the day, police officers are going to defend themselves and they're going to defend uh, the citizens who, who they swore to protect. Yeah. Yeah, the way it should be. Look, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility, and I can remember being taught at a young age, and I'm sure you're in the same group here. Hey, look, if you get stopped by the police, you do as they say. They are the authority. They're the ones with the badges and the guns, and when they tell you to do something, you do it, and yet there is an aspect of our society that just doesn't get that. How much is of this is on society? And I know this is a very complex issue, but to me on this podcast – I've outlined some of the problems of our society right now, i.e. the breakup of the family, the lack of fathers in the households, the lack of faith in our society right now. So to me, this this blame the police first mentality is just flat out wrong. What do you say about that? Yeah, and I agree. So this is my opinion, my personal opinion. Everything that happens in our society um, starts in the home. And I think you hit on it. If you're raised well, uh, to respect authority. So now what's going on in society, it's, it's, it's police are bad, any type of authority is bad, and you're seeing the pushback. So it's not just police. I mean, Scott, the teachers aren't getting respected. Anyone of authority is just, there's, no, there's a lack of respect. And it, as these people get older, it's bleeding in. And, it, and it's actually counterproductive because you're 100% right. You are never going to win an argument with a law enforcement officer on the side of the road during a traffic stop or at, at, in a house during an incident. And if you think the officer is wrong, um, there's, there's, I said I was in internal affairs, there's good remedies to get uh, report that officer and start an investigation. The one common denominator, if you look at any uh, response to resistance by any officer in this country, the one common denominator is someone resisted that officer. Um, and, and, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would 
wager a guess that if you look at any response to resistance by an officer, there was a resistance, uh, a resisting by uh, the uh, the subject, the the, the person in, in the uh, investigation in the case. So, yeah, and that goes to a lack, uh, what we talked about, a lack of respect for authority, where when a police officer shows up, the narrative is, well, he's uh, he's bad or she's bad, he or she's racist, um, they're automatically here to get me, and I'm not going to listen to them, I'm going to push back. And then, so right away, um, you're in a bad situation, and you're seeing more and more of that. And I, again, I'll circle back, I think it all starts when you're, when you're raised at a young age to respect authority. Like you said, I was just having this conversation, I've been a cop over 20 years, um, when a state trooper is behind me uh, on the highway, I, I get nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been a cop for over 20 years, that's just... You, you know, you respect that authority, you get nervous, and that's normal. Um, and I tell you, I've been pulled over, again, been a cop for over 20 years. I've been pulled over. I'm a normal person like everyone else. I got a little lead foot. And when that cop walks up to my car, uh, I have my hands on the steering wheel. I have my window down. If it's night, I put my lights on, and I am super respectful. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I was raised, and that's the right way to do it. Yeah. And so, but we've lost a lot of that, though, in society. We have. And, it's, again, it's counterproductive because it's, 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 it's not helping the situation what whatsoever yeah so we're talking about band-aids right i mean so the natural question is how how in the world do we fix this how how do we fix this how do we write this going forward because on the police side you know you, you talk about the few bad apples out there in these departments you've got a lot of good people working under extremely pressurized situations on the community side how how in the world do we get that respect back how do we build yeah. that bridge between community and law enforcement again? so i think what you're seeing is across the nation is law enforcement is is starting right they're 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 changing policies they're doing different training they're bringing in but it, i talked about leadership in law enforcement leadership in uh, the communities it's the clergy it's you know the churches it's the schools it's the community leaders okay the community organizers they need to come together we, we have a saying in this country well there's a saying in this country and and we actually use it in broadcasting at espn get comfortable being uncomfortable okay and let's be honest race what's going on it's an uncomfortable situation uncomfortable topic for anyone to talk about so we have to get uncomfortable uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable in law enforcement but that goes for the community as well okay facts matter <laughs> i'll go back to that again facts matter in everything we do in life so you have to look at the community where's crime being committed who's committing that crime why is this crime being committed you know what's going on in the family household that you talked about what's going on in school you just can't all bash police and say this is a police issue it's their fault that's the problem. Uh, we know it's not. This is an all-encompassing issue in our society where everyone needs to come together and everyone needs self-reflection. Everyone needs to look in the mirror and say, yeah, I, I, we have a problem too in our community and we need to start, we need to try to fix it. We just can't push the blame off on law enforcement because that's ridiculous. We all have a part in this and everybody needs to come together. And so until that happens, um, you're still going to see, you're still going to see, you know, issues out there. So hopefully calmer heads can prevail and people can get in a room and, you know, it's, it's Scott, it's, it's much like what you're seeing in politics. I mean, it, it's unbelievable that you can't have two parties. Okay, I understand it's Democratic Party, Republican Party. How in the heck can they not sit down and do bipartisan work, get in a room and talk and, and, and just be 
cordial to each other. It is unbelievable. And so I think that's kind of a microcosm of what you're seeing. These communities across the country have to get together and say, where's the problem? Let's help to fix it. Is it education? It, you know, is law enforcement? Let's, yeah, let's fix all this. Is it, is it single-family homes? What, what can we do to help this issue across our country, not just cast blame and say that's it, it's, it's, one, it's one entity's fault? Because we know it's not. It, it is, there's many issues that need to be fixed in this country. Yeah, you're right. It is a very complex issue that is very well said. And, Rini, I, I've known you for a long time, man. You're, you're one of the many, many good ones on the force. And on one hand, I'm happy for you that you, you don't have to put up with any of the nonsense going on in our society well, right now. On the other hand, I'm happy for you and the family and your sports tasking career with ESPN that well, you're retiring from OPT and today. I was going to say, and Scott, just for the record, I do not need a police escort when I travel for ESPN. <laughs> I can take care of myself, um, and I always make a point to go up to every police officer I see when I'm on college site to thank them for what right. they do. Right. Well, congratulations again, my man. Don't get on the wife's nerves too much, or she'll make you go back I, to she work. She said I have to because she still she worked for Orange County Schools. She's 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 a counselor. She's out there every day. She said I have to now clean the house and cook dinner. So the clean the house thing. She, will be good the right. cooking dinner will last about a week and she'll kick me out of that job so yeah there's only so much toast and eggs you can make you know what i mean <laughs> you got it my friend <laughs> Rini, thank you brother congratulations you, again Scott. you bet much appreciation to orlando police detective Rini angolia for coming on the inez says podcast on his final day on the force until next time have a great day